The Adam Crowley Show. On ESPN Pittsburgh. And the iHeartRadio As he is working for Sean McDowell down at 102.5 DVE and four o'clock strikes. And I look down at my phone and what do I see? But two texts from Shirtless Tom. Does he not know what the hell goes on at four o'clock? The hell out of here with this nonsense. You're not loyal. I ain't responding to those text messages. You found the Crowley show where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we'd be doing radio up in here. James Harrison was doing some TV today and some radio. And boy, oh boy, did he have some stuff to say about Mike Tomlin and these Pittsburgh Steelers. You wound up last year in New England, so give us better coach. Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick. Belichick. By far? Um, to me, yes. Give us your view of Mike Tomlin as a head coach. Mike Tomlin is good as a head coach. He's a, he's a player's coach. Yeah. Um, I, I think he needs to be a little bit more disciplined. Um, other than that, uh, you know, the, the big thing with, with, uh, with Belichick is he's very regimented. He's disciplined. Um, everyone is going to be on the same page. It's not going to be anything as far as someone doing their own thing. And I think you know, over there, their their cold coaching staff is like that. Um, you know, you're going to know what you're doing. I mean, it's meetings after me. I ain't never been in so many meetings in my <laughs> life. And I think, you know, that's really what helped me pick up that defense. Oh, snap. Now, here's the deal. Let's get this out of the way real quick. James Harrison might still be a little butthurt about the way things ended with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I am not... Somebody who's not going to understand that. That is not lost on me. James Harrison might not be a fan of the Steelers right now, and I know the Steelers ain't a fan of James Harrison. Uh, the dudes in the locker room, all the way up management, they are not a fan of James Harrison right now. But all that being said, that kind of jives with what we've thought for a long time about Mike Tomlin and these Pittsburgh Steelers. Year after year after year, lately, discipline has been a problem. You got Martavis Bryant doing all kinds of drugs, getting all kinds of suspended. You had LeGarrette Blunt and Le'Veon Bell not making a team flight to Philadelphia in the preseason because Le'Veon Bell was getting a DUI and LeGarrette Blunt was in the passenger seat hitting a blunt. Uh, we've seen coaches do things. Joey Porter in the wild card game against the Cincinnati Bengals, is on the field. He's one of the reasons why the Bengals melted down, sure, but he's running around the field. He's smoking cigars and not wanting to leave high school football stadiums. Uh, you look at the team then itself, apart from Martavis Bryant, and you've got Antonio Brown filming the locker room after a playoff win against Kansas City. You've got Le'Veon Bell talking about retirement. You've got Le'Veon Bell not showing up for a team walkthrough the day before a playoff game. You've got Ben Roethlisberger running his mouth every chance he gets an hour before Mike Tomlin's press conference every Tuesday. So I don't care how butthurt James Harrison is. Uh, I don't care 
what kind of axe he has to grind, it all sounds just about right. It all sounds like it checks out to me. Now, you compare anybody to Bill Belichick, and they're going to fall short. Chuck Knoll might even have fallen short. Please don't shoot me for saying that, but maybe he would have. Bill Belichick is that good of a coach. Every year, AFC Championship game. Every other year, going to the Super Bowl. Five times out of eight, winning it. Now, they're not unbeatable, but they get there more consistently than anybody ever has in the history of the National Football League. He's a damn good coach. This isn't to say Tomlin's not a good coach, but there are problems there. We hear James Harrison talk about clock management. That has been a long-time problem of Mike Tomlin's. It's been a problem with a lot of coaches, but it absolutely is not one of his strong suits. Call a timeout here. Don't call a timeout here. The end of the New England Patriots game, I think, is a perfect example of nobody having a flipping clue what the hell's going on. Ben Roethlisberger scrambling. The entire team scrambling. Ben throws a deflected interception. Uh, Nobody had any damn clue what was happening. Uh, That kind of stuff doesn't happen quite that way in New England. Now, I made it a point to say at the time that New England does make mistakes. Hell, they gave up a 69-yard reception to Juju Smith-Schuster just before Ben Roethlisberger's thrown an interception. So they have their mistakes. They'll make flaws, but they don't typically beat themselves. Pittsburgh Steelers do. It's one of their downfalls. And as you can hear now, James Harrison say on Colin Cowherd, uh, the defense sometimes has some problems with not just discipline, but communication. Tomlin and, you know, my criticism of Tomlin has always been it's high on emotion. It's a little loose on details. And you're telling me that's true. I feel like it, it needs to be more disciplined. Um, some of the things that they do uh, coaching-wise, I feel like some of the situations that we were in when we were there as far as uh, time management. Um, time management's been an issue. Of, uh, you know, defenses. You know, we had situations where we had double-called defenses because, you know, one thing was said and someone said something else. So you got half the defense playing one defense, the other half playing something else. So you get situations out there where it looks, it looks bad, like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Well, he's just playing a different defense possibly on that play than what the other half of the defense was playing. What the hell? That ain't good. That's bad. That's how you lose football games. But the deal is, we kind of knew that. Now we're just hearing it from the horse's mouth. Now we're just hearing it from a guy who's on the defense. With the Patriots, they rarely have defensive breakdowns in the manner that the Steelers had them this year. And when the Patriots did stink on defense at the beginning of the year, they eventually turned it around. Tom and Steelers, they got worse on defense as the season wore on. Now, again, Ryan Shazier was hurt. I totally understand that point, but it can't mean the entire defense falls apart. You have to be smart enough to still be able to get it done sometimes when you don't have your best players. Bill Belichick has done it time and time again. Now, he does have Tom Brady. But when Rob Gronkowski is hurt, they still go out and they win a damn Super Bowl. They know how to utilize talent. And the Pittsburgh Steelers might have more talent than anybody. They certainly have more on the offensive side, and yet it hasn't wound up with them winning a championship. Uh, I think James Harrison is trying to go scorched earth here. I think James Harrison does have an axe to grind. I do think James Harrison isn't the greatest dude to begin with. But there's a lot of validity here to what he's saying. Think about the 
AFC Divisional Round playoff game against Denver a couple of years ago. The Steelers are on defense. The Broncos and Peyton Manning are facing a third and 12. Peyton snaps the ball, and as he's snapping the ball, the entire defense is looking the other way. Uh, They're trying to figure out the call. They're trying to make sure that they're all in the right spot. They're thinking a little too much. And Peyton Manning is one of the best all-time, if not the best all-time, at catching you off in those circumstances. But the Steelers gave them that opportunity. And all it took was a hair-late run by, I believe it was William Gay. It might have even been that guy they got from the Eagles. Boykin. Brandon Boykin. One of the two of them was late because their head did not turn around in time to see the ball get snapped and jump in on that route. It's little things like that that cost you games. It's little things like that that cost you championships. Think about the AFC championship game two years ago. It's one of the situations that James Harrison's talking about right there where the Steelers look like they don't have any idea what's going on in the secondary. You got the white lacrosse player running wide the frig open. Hogan, his name was. Not that it matters. And you got people looking around. At the end of the game this year, you've got Sean Davis trying to play man up on Rob Gronkowski. And it didn't look good. And the Patriots had that in their back pocket the entire game. James Harrison might not be a great dude. James Harrison definitely left the Steelers on... Awful terms. This was not an amicable breakup. But it doesn't mean he doesn't have a lot to say that's correct. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We talked about this yesterday. We've been talking football all week here. The pressure on the Pittsburgh Steelers is so great for this year. So great. Because if they can win, with Le'Veon Bell and Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, then all that Colin Cowherd nonsense goes out the window. If they can win a Super Bowl this year, then all the Stephen A. Smith stuff goes out the window. All the Skip Bayless stuff goes out the window. And that might not matter to you what those guys are saying, but if you have to hear that refrain for the next two decades before you shuffle off this mortal coil, it's going to get freaking old. Having to hear how your franchise slipped and didn't get an opportunity or had the opportunity and missed it to win championships with some of the greatest players to have ever laced them up. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's got a unique running style that I've never freaking seen before. Antonio Brown is going to go down as one of the top five receivers of all time. Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And if they don't win with these three together, you're just going to have more of that. And the worst thing about it is, if you're a Steelers fan... What can you possibly say? I've been a big Mike Tomlin defender. Uh, I defend him maybe more than anybody in this town. I do think he's a good coach. And when you compare anybody to Jesus, they're going to fall up short. Bill Belichick is coaching Jesus and genius, Freudian. He walks on water. He wins championships with tiny little white wide receivers running all over the place. That's what he does. Mike Tomlin's going to fall short of him because everyone's going to fall short of him. But you got to get yours, too. The Ravens beat them twice in the playoffs. Why can't the Steelers do it? There's no rule stating you can't beat the New England Patriots. There's no rule saying, oh, well, it's the best team of the decade, so I guess you're just going to have to wait till Tom Brady retires and Bill Belichick croaks. No. 
No. You've got your talent. They've lost three Super Bowls. They've lost AFC Championship games. Be nice if they lost one to you. And if they don't, and if you fall short this year, then you've got an aging Ben Roethlisberger. And you've got an aging offensive line. And you've got Antonio Brown, who's one year older. And you just keep getting closer and closer to Mason Rudolph era. And this is it. This is their chance, their best chance in Ben Roethlisberger's remaining portion of his career to rise up and win a championship. And if they don't, you're going to hear all that and not going to be able to defend it. I think that Mike Tomlin did a really good job last year of dealing with the distractions and getting the Steelers to 13-3. and I think it's impressive to have all those personalities in the locker room and still find a way to win 13 out of 16 football games. I mean, that's damn hard to do. But that being said, are they better if it's a tighter ship? You're never going to completely suppress Antonio Brown's personality. You're never going to completely suppress Ben Roethlisberger and some of the backhanded things he's going to say to the media. You're going to have guys act up every now and again. That's a reality. That's going to happen. But you've got to put a little bit of a damper on it. Because when those things happen, I used to say they don't affect what happens on the field. But if there's no accountability for the things that you say and you do off the field, then is there accountability for the things that you do on the field when you don't communicate correctly? Are you being reprimanded? If you're showing up a couple of minutes late for a meeting, are you not going to be reprimanded? Or are you going to be reprimanded? And if you're not paying attention to detail in those meetings, if you're not paying attention to detail when the coaches are telling you where you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to do, well then, you're not going to win. So maybe it all does add up. And I've been a big blamer, if you will, of the Steelers' defense being their downfall last year, but... Maybe it all starts with the coach. I've been too light on him. But just hearing James Harrison say these things, say all the things you think to yourself, uh, the truth comes out and it hurts. We'll talk to John Ledger coming up next. He has some fresh Tomlin takes, and he'll tell us about the Steelers' lack of communication on the back end. He's a great X's and O's guy. That's next. We got Matt Geica at 520. It's the Crowley Show. I just want to tackle him softly on the ground. And uh, if y'all can, we'll lay a pillow down where I'm going to tackle them so they don't hit the ground too hard, Mr. Goodell. Get a free collision repair estimate online at bodybycochran.com. Just upload photos of the damage and we'll do the rest. Or stop by one of our six locations, Body by Cochran Collision and Customization. I did mess up. I did mess up Tom's DVE cut. You did. You absolutely did. You were angry. You were angry. You felt betrayed. I saw it in your eyes. You know what? He was our friend. He is. I kind of feel bad with no, him. No, mortal enemy now. Enemy. Yeah, I mean, I hate him. I hate Just because he graduated WVU doesn't mean he's educated. But he does know sports. It's Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh at 970 AM and now at 106.3 FM. James Harrison was on with a couple of our favorites, Skip Bayless and Colin Cowherd, today. Not really our favorites. I get their job. I just don't respect it. Cowherd's different than Skip Bayless. Anyway, he said, James Harrison did, on the program, 
admits that Bill Belichick's a better coach than Mike Tomlin because Mike Tomlin is not a devil of the details the way that Bill Belichick is. And that should not be a shock to anyone. But joining us now to discuss, he's the Chief Operating Officer and Senior NFL Draft Analyst at Draft Network LLC. He also works for the Locked on NFL Draft, pod, Draft Podcast. John, how are you today, pal? Hey, I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. That is not at all surprising to hear what James Harrison had to say about Mike Tomlin, and I know it's something that you and I have discussed in the past. Uh, the Steelers, particularly, I think, on the defensive side of the ball, really don't have all the details ironed out that much. Right, yeah, it's it's actually pretty predictable, um, what he said, and I think that he's exactly right. And if there's a weakness, and I, I like Mike Tomlin a lot, but obviously if there's a weakness with his coaching style, it's that you know, there isn't a lot of attention to details a lot of the time. It is, you know, kind of big picture culture stuff is really well handled, um, I think, for the most part. But, yeah, there there are issues in terms of the Steelers being able to get the details right and convey those details to younger players. And, you know, for a while under Tomlin, younger players didn't really play. That's changed, but they don't aren't playing to, the, to their abilities, uh, to their athletic abilities. The Steelers dropped all these athletes, but – the mental part of the game is still really an issue, and that's because information's not being conveyed well. Uh, details aren't being conveyed well, and it's really been their undoing. You know, when we talk about all day about how many big plays they let up last season um, just because of blown coverages and blown assignments. Well, it's going to continue to be their undoing unless something changes in their approach, and that's been, I think, really what's held Pittsburgh back more than anything, a lack of development technique attention to detail and, and scheme especially uh, is really what's kept that defense from getting back to where it should be in terms of you know something that carried the Steelers or was a strength of the team uh, like it was years ago. John, we heard from James Harrison that at times one half of the defense thinks that they're playing one scheme and the other side of the defense thinks that they're playing a different type of scheme. How the hell can that possibly happen? Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? I mean, because you do see it when you watch it on tape, but also it, it is frustrating how loosely managed that aspect of things is. And uh, I understand you know, what he's saying in a way, but it is hard to, like, you know, I mean, how does that happen at the NFL level? And honestly, the easiest thing, I don't know. I honestly don't. Um, it, it is in some ways, you know, surprising to hear a player say it that outright, I think. But at the same time, if you've watched the Steelers, that's clear at times. You know, there are guys who do not know what they're doing in coverage on a week-to-week basis. And, uh, you know, you can maybe that's Carnell Lake's fault. Um, you know, we'll find out, I guess, this year. I tend to think that that's definitely a defensive-minded head coach and the defensive coordinator. So, you know, and that's the thing people forget. There can be good things about Mike Tomlin as a coach, and he still cannot be, can be the guy that maybe isn't the right person to get this team to the next level, to where they need to go, to their next growth process as a team. You know, think about Steelers' offensive coordinators over the years and the progression with Ken Winsnott and Bruce Arians and Todd Haley, and all of them helped Ben Roethlisberger. All of them were really good for him. They all moved on or let go or whatever uh, at a proper time for the next guy to come in and take the next step with Ben. It didn't mean they were bad offensive coordinators at all. It just meant it was time for something new. So, I really like Mike Tomlin. I don't want that to be the case, but it's troubling when a player that's as respected and, and cerebral as James Harrison comes out and says things like that, and you really you see that on tape. So it's really not that confusing. And I think if you look at the Steelers talent-wise, 
have tons of talent. They just can't execute assignments to the level that they really need to be able to. So it's what's held them back in the past, and I think it's just what's going to continue to hold them back unless something changes. And at this point, I'm not sure it's logical to really project much to change this season. John Ledger's joining us here on the Crowley Show. He's the Chief Operating Officer and Senior NFL Draft Analyst at Draft Network, LLC. Uh, John, you mentioned the talent that the Steelers do have on the defense. Do you think that there's enough there? Do you think that they've brought in good enough players that just haven't wound up gelling? Well, yeah, I would have, if Brian Cage were here, I really would be, I would be tempted to say yes, uh, even though there are some weaknesses. Uh, you know, without Cage, he just was such a security blanket in a lot of ways and made splash plays and saved the team at times when they needed somebody to step up and kind of reverse the way things were going. Um, you know, they just they don't have a player like that in the secondary. Now they don't have one at linebacker. They don't have one on the edge as a pass rusher. You know, I think that there's some talent here, but you need a difference maker, a guy who's going to come up and make those kind of splash plays. We've seen Cam Aaron make a great year last year. I think that he's a guy who could tab as maybe that guy. But, again, in coverage, there really hasn't been that guy. You know, that's not – Artie Burns, you know, again, they were hoping, I think, that that would be the case because he flashed both skills at times in Miami. But the frustrating thing with Burns is not only does he give up big plays to the blown coverages, you could live with that a little bit if he made more splash plays, but he just doesn't. So it is frustrating because the talent athletically is there, size, athleticism, you know, even effort. You know, that's the stuff all there, which is great. But the technique, you know, Bud Dupree hasn't developed as a pass rusher. Can T.J. Watt? You know, that's something that, you know, I've heard other people around the league say Joey Porter does not spend enough time teaching Steelers outside linebackers to rush the passer and techniques and different things like that. Instead, it's more run defense oriented and they don't have that separate time to work on pass rush stuff. Well, I mean, if you're not doing that in today's NFL, you know, you're really setting yourself up for failure because it's a pass heavy league. So there's talent here, but it needs to be better coached this season. The attention to detail really needs to be there. You need your pass rushers to be able to win 1v1. It's just the fact you have those guys have to be able to win 1v1. Step one, two, it has to be able to win 1v1 on a regular basis this year. You need splash plays from your secondary. Is that going to come in the form of the young guys or the new additions? Uh, is Artie Burns suddenly going to be that guy? You know, Joe Hayden, he played well last year, but he wasn't really that guy. Nobody was really been that guy in the secondary that stepped up, made splash plays, turned the force turnovers, things like that. So I don't know. It's uh, you know, The talent is there, but you have to have those types of plays. You have to have those types of players to really be among the best in the NFL. And, and I think that that's something the Steelers just have not done well in, over the past couple of years especially. So I'd imagine that for you, Keith Butler should be a little bit on the hot seat too. Yeah, it is difficult to say how much – is Keith Butler and how much is Mike Tomlin in terms of running day-to-day stuff and communication. Um, I kind of always assumed it seemed like Tomlin was kind of just the figurehead, charge of the team, you know, leadership responsibilities, obviously that kind of stuff. Um, But it did seem like from a distance that Keith Butler was kind of the guy calling the shots and, you know, setting the scheme up and everything. But it seemed like late last year we kind of heard different, uh, that that it was Mike Tomlin that was calling more of those shots. So, you know, both should probably be held accountable, to be honest, at this point. Um, both for, you know, for, I think, the way that some players have struggled to develop, I think, but also communication. You know, if Mike Mitchell's back there in a veteran in the NFL and, you know, he can't get everybody in position right and Gary Burns doesn't know what he's doing and, 
you know, Cameron Sutton comes in and he's, you know, picking some of those things up better. And Sean Davis, how much have we seen and when we've seen him be lost so many times, you know, those young guys aren't really getting it from that perspective. You know, Bud Dupree makes a lot of the mistakes he made as a rookie still uh, in terms of run defense. So it's difficult when those guys aren't getting communicated what they need to get communicated. And I think that probably falls on both of them, but certainly, yeah, Butler, I mean, if that defense isn't a sight better this season, then you've got to think he'll be gone. I've only said Le'Veon Bell's name 18,000 times this week, so uh, why not add a few more? We'll do that in a second, but I did want to ask you a little bit about Morgan Burnett. Can he play free safety or no? Can he? Uh, yes. Should he? Uh, is, is the ideal there? Absolutely not, no. Um, you know, if you ask just in terms of, again, that communication factor of being the last line of defense, getting guys lined up, uh, making sure people know their assignments, just to, I mean, the communication is so big. It's something Mike Mitchell was always heralded at doing well, even though despite all the communication issues last year, which made me think something in the, in the coaching staff is really off. But I think Burnett, you know, in that way is going to be very good at what he does. I don't think you're going to see him blow coverages. Which again, that's Mike Mitchell. That was his biggest strength. He didn't really blow coverages. He just didn't make any splash plays either. So you'll get a pretty similar version of that with Morgan Burnett. I thought the Steelers made the move away from Mike Mitchell because they wanted more splash plays in the secondary. He didn't make plays on the ball. He didn't prevent a lot of big plays. He often played so deep that he wasn't really an impact player around the football when it arrived. So I think that he and his athleticism was, was flipping away. Uh, Burnett is, I think, a little bit younger, but not. A, a great athlete either, not a guy that's going to run single high and make plays on the ball and nothing like that. So you'll get uh, things you'll, you'll get things right in terms of communication and stuff like that, uh, but I don't think you're going to get much of an impact from him in terms of ball production and things like that, which is ultimately what I thought the Steelers were doing when they moved on from Mike Mitchell and what I thought made it a good decision was that they really they need somebody like that. Somebody has to emerge to be that guy, you know, so – is that going to be Edmonds? Is that going to be Sean Davis eventually at that spot? Uh, we'll see. Uh, Morgan Burnett is certainly at his best near the line of scrimmage, um, so we'll see how much he gets. Now, my guess is they'll move those safeties around a good bit when they go to three safety packages, but you know, I do think that it's something he can do, but probably, but it's definitely not the most optimal position for him. All right, let's make it 18,001 now with Le'Veon Bell. How important is he to what the Steelers do, and should running backs be undervalued the way that they seemingly are how easy is it to replace a guy like bell oh, running backs in general i think yes the correct value is typically placed on them you know bell is definitely more than that you know i know that we want to get, it's easy to kind of paint the narrative that well he's just a running back and running back to replace when you don't you know you don't pay those types of guys well he also never leaves the field you can split him out wide not in the slot like some other running back but out wide you know so he can run vertical routes like he, there's a lot. I mean, they run fades with Le'Veon Bell, you know. So, in pass protection, I mean, I'd argue he's the best back in the league in that regard. Um, it's just a great fit too. It's a really good. He and Munchak and the offensive line have a really good understanding of how Le'Veon Bell wants to play, and they've adapted well to that. And I don't know that that'll be the case everywhere that he goes. And not that he can't be successful anyway, but. You know, I think that he's very valuable to Pittsburgh. Uh, is he as valuable as Ben? No. Is he as valuable as Antonio Brown? No. But I think that he's very valuable to them, yes. I mean, so it's going to be extremely difficult to replace. He's probably one of the top skilled players in the NFL. Yes, last year was a little bit of a down year for him. I didn't think he was as impactful. Still one of the best skilled players in the NFL. So we're speaking relatively here to what he's done in the past. Um, 
the concerns with Bell really are, it's hard, and the Steelers don't give a ton of guaranteed money anyway, but it's difficult to give guaranteed money to a guy, you know, he showed up late, uh, for, they're getting ready for a playoff game, and, you know, he's had the character concerns in the past, and, you know, he, he's a guy, and obviously the injuries too are concerning him. He's a guy that's talked about, you know, getting paid, and he's thrown out the idea of retirement and things like that. And, you know, he's just kind of a hard personality to trust, and I really like Le'Veon Bell, so, you know, I'm trying to say that tactfully, but from the Steelers' perspective, I get that aspect of it because it is very difficult to sink a lot of money into a guy that doesn't play a premier position as great as he is. You know, you, you look at all your offensive weapons you have on your team, and you're kind of like, well, What's, how much is he going to hold us back? You know, because we've got this great offensive line. We've got a lot of other pieces in place. You know, I, it, it's just difficult to overpay for that, I think. So I get it from the Steelers' perspective, but certainly he's going to be difficult to replace. And I would venture to say that it's very unlikely that they replace exactly what he can do next season when he's gone. John, you have probably moved on to bigger and better things with your life, but uh, will we be seeing you at Steelers training camp at all? You'll probably see me. I don't know whether I'll be there credentialed or not. I may, you know, take the family down for a day. Uh, I want to see how the rookies are looking and see how the young guys are, guys that I've evaluated uh, for draft purposes before. I'll probably get a look at them. I don't live that far away. So you'll probably see me down there. I'll make sure I stop by and say hi. Well, very good, man. Uh, appreciate your insight. And I realize I didn't use you for any draft stuff, but I'm sure we will as that rolls around and maybe even throughout the season. So appreciate the time as always, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. Take care. There he goes. He's John Ledger. He knows his shiz. He just watches ball. That's all he does. And lift, I think. Because his biceps look like my head without eyes. And frankly, they're prettier than my head with eyes. Coming up next, let's hear that James Harrison audio again. Uh, There are plenty of ways to slice that up and break it down, and we will. James Harrison talking about Bill Belichick being better than Mike Tom. We'll do that when we return. It's the Crowley Show. This moment of respite is brought to you by Subway. Five footlongs starting at $4.99 each. Limited time to participate in shops. Prices vary or higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Extras additional plus tax. No additional discounts or coupons apply. Hey, Adam. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm okay. Are you? I'm great. I'm kind of upset with Tom still. I don't like him whenever he is not loyal. Like, I feel like he should be punished in some way. Oh, how are we going to do that? I don't know. Maybe we could jump him in the parking lot and just hit him in everything we got. Kick him in the face. Punch him in the ass. Just beast of living. Jesus. Take us with you wherever you go. ESPN Pittsburgh is on the iHeartRadio app. Anywhere, anytime, and always free. ESPN Pittsburgh, an iHeartRadio station. This is the Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. The Baltimore Ravens have already started training camp. <laughs> like, that'll help. That'll get it done. Apparently, apparently on the first play, Joe Flacco was in the backfield with Lamar Jackson, 
And then on the second play, Lamar Jackson was on the field with RG3. Oh, boy. The hell are they doing? Eh, they're going to lose. That's what they're going to do. It's going to be fun watching them implode, though, isn't it? Yes. It has been fun. Well, it already has been, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe this extra time will, I don't know, help Flacco complete a pass? No, it'll help <laughs> Lamar Jackson complete a pass. It's just more time for the coaching staff to realize that Joe Flacco is not the best quarterback on the roster and very well might be third. Very well might be behind Lamar and RG3. That's an expensive backup. <laughs> it is. He's a fourth highest paid player in the league, but you trying to win or not? You trying to win a division or not? I think you got a better chance with Lamar Jackson, and I have not seen any of him in the National Football League, but I have seen Joe Flacco's last couple of years, and ouch. Ouch. Despite everything that we're about to hear James Harrison say, Steelers are still winning the AFC North. And the Steelers are still going to have a shot in the playoffs. They've got a lot of talent, but it's the way the talent's coached that, according to Harrison, isn't quite up to snuff. You wound up last year in New England, so give us better coach. Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick. Belichick. By far? Um, to me, yes. Give us your view of Mike Tomlin as a head coach. Mike Tomlin is good as a head coach. He's a, he's a player's coach. Yeah. Um, I, I think he needs to be a little bit more disciplined. Um, other than that, uh, you know, the, the big thing with, with, uh, with Belichick is he's very regimented. He's disciplined. Um, everyone is going to be on the same page. It's not going to be anything as far as someone doing their own thing. And I think, you know, over there, their, their cold coaching staff is like that. Um, you know, you're going to know what you're doing. I mean, it's meetings after me. I ain't never been in so many meetings in my <laughs> life. And I think, you know, that's really what helped me pick up that defense. When we started doing this show, it was off the rails. And we had talent, and it's me, and it's Brian, and it's Tom, and we like to have fun. We like to mess around. But it's hard to channel that into being a really good radio program. There are a lot of radio programs in the country where there's talented people. They don't know how to work together. But one of the things that Brian said when summertime came around and our minds were going to be on other things like getting our bodies all sexy and <laughs> eating a bunch and drinking a bunch of beers is we're meeting every day two hours before the show and we're going to iron shiz out. We're going to make sure that we're on our details and make sure that all this chaos is controlled chaos. And it's made a huge difference. The ratings are up 700%. Uh, the web numbers are up. We're just kicking everyone's ass now. And... When you have someone above you that tells you, hey, we're going to do it this way and gives you direction, it flipping helps. Uh, think about Joey Porter and consider him teaching you the game of football. Yeah, the guy whose dog mauled a horse. That's the guy who's going to teach you the nuances of the game of football. I have no doubt that Joey Porter knows what he's talking about. I have no doubt that Joey Porter Knew what he was doing when he was playing. He had a very good career. That doesn't mean that he's cut out to be a coach, and we have seen a lack of development at that position big time. Uh, same thing with on the back end. And now the Steelers made the change there, bringing in Tom Bradley. Uh, it wasn't working with Carnell Lake. There's too many miscommunications on the back end. And while a change there is welcome, hopefully Tom Bradley has things a little bit more locked down. Uh, hopefully he has the attention to detail 
uh, being followed more than it was being followed with Carnell Lake there. And I wish, and this is nothing against Joey Porter personally, because I always liked the guy with any interaction I've had, uh, but maybe they should have looked the other way there too. Uh, maybe they should have gotten rid of Carnell Lake and Joey Porter uh, and done some more full sale changes on the back end. I don't think Heath Butler's done a terrible job. Uh, I think that some of these things don't look so great whenever you consider uh, the points that have been given up in playoff games and some of the miscommunication issues that they've had that we have detailed now here. Uh, it doesn't look good. I keep giving him time. Uh, he's still learning, but... Uh, I think it is time for Joey Porter to say goodbye, and I think that they made a mistake by not letting him go. But to James Harrison's point, when you get to a meeting late and there are consequences, that makes you want to be there on time. And if you're there on time because you don't want the consequences, it means you're going to pay attention. And when you pay attention and they pound these things into you, and you're really going to have to suffer if you don't follow through your end of the bargain, you're going to play better football, or you're at least not going to make the mistakes. Everyone out there is going to make physical mistakes. Uh, you're playing against the world's best athletes. You're going a million miles an hour. You're hitting each other. You're getting concussions, CT, all that fun stuff. But you shouldn't be making the mental errors. Uh, you shouldn't be not knowing which defense you're playing on one side of the field, and then there's communication errors, and then they're playing a different defense on the other side of the field, which is what James Harrison has alluded to, and as John Ledger said in the last segment, these are things that if you're watching the tape, you do pick up on. Uh, it's just not all that often that you find somebody like James Harrison put it all out there for you. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm sure the reaction in Pittsburgh is going to be quite mixed. There are a lot of people who are down on Tomlin after what happened last year, but there are Almost 100% of the people out there who are down on James Harrison at this point. Uh, but you can't always shoot the messenger in these kinds of circumstances. Sometimes the information needs to get out. Edward Snowden, you think he's a good guy? Eh, you probably don't like him. You probably don't respect him. But he might have done what needed to be done. Uh, James Harrison, not the best guy. Left with an axe to grind. Uh, he had his teammates talking about not getting groomed by him. Bud Dupree had some things to say there. Anthony Ciccolo, I'm sure, would chime in. But it doesn't mean that what he's saying is wrong. So let's try to see the forest through the trees here and realize the Steelers do have a problem with attention to detail. And I think that all of this gets tied together. If Antonio Brown's allowed to film a locker room after a playoff win, it makes other guys feel like they can get away with stuff. And James Harrison went into it a little bit with Skip and Shannon when he talked about not everyone being treated the same. Think about it. Last year, Eli Rogers got benched, right? Was it because of his play or was it because of other stuff? Either way, Eli Rogers getting benched. I'm not suggesting you bench Antonio Brown. I'm not suggesting that you bench Le'Veon Bell whenever he says he wants the football more. I'm not saying you do those things, but I think the law needs to be laid down because if players can do what they want to do and come and go as they please, I think there's a line there that if you're another guy on the team, you're not going to be buttoned up either. You're not going to have your attention to detail. Tomlin, though, to me, still deserves credit for being a good coach. 
Uh, last year, going thirteen and three after a three and two start, and having to deal with all the things they dealt with, including the anthem controversy. I mean, holy hell! That that is, I think, a pretty darn good job. But now that I think about the anthem controversy, that's just another thing where the communication level wasn't what it needed to be. Uh, you had Alejandro Villanueva walking out there, and Ben Roethlisberger the next day is saying, I couldn't sleep that night. And then you have Alejandro Villanueva feeling like he needs to apologize, and the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, say no, he didn't need to apologize. Uh, you had what seemed to be a divided locker room. And... Man, it might sound like I'm just saying these things because it's July 19th and training camp's next week and i got to find a way to bridge the gap between now and then. But these things do matter, especially when they add up. And to hear James Harrison say that it ain't that way in New England, I'd buy it. That's why they're there every year in the AFC Championship game. There'll be teams that you look at and go, that wasn't that great of a football team. And they're still there. And they're always going to have Tom Brady. Uh, that's That helps. I'm a big bigger Tom Brady guy than I am Bill Belichick guy. I think if you've got a quarterback, they can be a big-time eraser. But they're always there because they don't beat themselves, because they are buttoned up. And maybe that's what they figured out that nobody else has. Think about college football. Nick Saban carries himself the exact same way as Bill Belichick. Now, they get all the four- and five-star recruits. Actually, if they get a four-star recruit, it's front-page news that he wasn't a five-star. So the talent helps. Duh. But you don't think they get good recruits in LSU? You don't think that they get good recruits at Georgia? You don't think that they get good recruits at Florida? They do. They do. And he beats them anyhow because he is the attention to detail guy, so much so that he fired his offensive coordinator two years ago before the national championship game because he didn't think it was getting done. Uh, the Clemson-Alabama game from last year, the semifinal. He's screaming at an offensive coordinator when they're up three scores with three minutes left in the game. And Bill Belichick, I don't feel like is that guy where he's always screaming, screaming, screaming. In fact, he's always kind of like this. But it's the same kind of philosophy. When you're down 22, when you're up, pardon me, 22 points, he's coaching it the same way. Everything is important. He doesn't want you, the coordinator, to be lax. Because if that guy is, then, okay, maybe the position coach then relaxes a little bit. And if the position coach relaxes a little bit, maybe the players, they're not fully engaged. Belichick gets that. Saban gets that. Tomlin's a damn good coach. But I think that's what separates the great coaches from the good coaches. Coming up next... Why Le'Veon Bell is selfish, and that's not a bad thing. It's the Crowley Show. At AutoZone, helping you get more done is what we do best. Did you know that with the AutoZone Loan-A-Tool program, you can borrow a specialty tool with no purchase necessary? Choose from over 100 tools to help you get the job done right, no matter how big or small. And right now, get a great deal on AC Pro Refrigerant and stay cool all summer long. Visit any of our 5,500 locations nationwide and let us do more for you. Deposit required. Restrictions and details in store. We had a meeting yesterday uh, to fix our back alley with all of our neighbors. Oh, wow. How'd that go? Uh, Not good. It's not a public road. So we're all going to have to pay for it. Oh, no. Yeah. You got to buy a road? 
You got to buy a road. <laughs> wow. That's not something you think about. You got to like Walmart for one yeah, of those. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, Adam, did you get the dog? Yeah, did you get the dog food? Yeah. 